What more can one say? This is game seven. I am a prediction god. That is what Jordan has recently told me after uh, getting ready for this show today. We'll be uh, diving into some of the preseason predictions that we had after we do this little intro here. But I just wanted to get it out of the way right at the beginning that I am clearly a bigger brain than Jordan. No matter what he may say to you, no matter what his betting says, I am big brain on this show. And with that, welcome to the Little Hockey Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. My name is Keegan, here with my brother, Jordan. Say hi, Jordan. Hey, everybody. It's me, the super genius. Hey, no, you're the small brain. <laughs> you may be older, but you are the small brain. Super genius. <laughs> be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Little Hockey Pod. Rate and review us. Leave likes, subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do. We are everywhere you find podcasts. And... As a new little tradition to the start of the show, we'd like to say thank you to Blue Wire Hustle Network of Podcasts for letting us uh, piggyback off all of your support. It has been fantastic and has really been helping us out. So thank you to that. Everything out of the way. Jordan, did your big brain, or as you say, super genius, help you in your last week of betting? Holy smokes, bud. Uh, betting, is, uh, yeah, betting is fun again. Um it was almost not fun last night. Um, Were you panicking? Oh, uh, like I did. I didn't watch a minute of that Washington Boston game, uh, which is probably good because it was stressful enough. Just um, going over to the, uh, the game center tab on uh, NHL.com to like check in on the score every, every so often. Um, All right. Let, let's, why was it stressful? Well, because for starters uh, I put a pretty significant like again, relative to what I've been betting all season, like this was my biggest single game bet of the season um, on the Capitals for the sole reason that the uh, Boston Bruins were resting like everybody. The, I think they, they had like 16 of their regular players out of the lineup. Curtis Lazar was their first line center last night. Um, oh God. <laughs> yes. I mean, I like Curtis Lazar, but he is, not that. Yeah, and then Curtis Lazar scored the opening goal in the game to give the Bruins <laughs> the lead. <laughs> yeah, I didn't follow that game at all. I was just following your text, just panicking. Yeah, because I, I, I sent it. you some Snapchats where, yeah, like when I laid down the bet, I texted you and I said like, okay, we need to send all of the good vibes over to Washington tonight because if they lose, then all of my winnings for the month of May are gone <laughs> in a single game bet. Um and then, uh, yeah, the the game started. It was 0-0 after the first. And I was like, that's not a great sign. Um, Boston took the lead in the second. Curtis uh, Yeah. The Capitals tied it up. And then it just looked like it was going to overtime. 
I, I checked in. I think I saw 18 seconds left in the third period. And I was like, son of a bitch, we're going to overtime. That means that the Capitals are going to lose. And then they scored a literal buzzer beater at the end of the game. There was less than two seconds left. I don't even know who scored it. He like some guy just went down to the, the goal line and fired a rocket of a wrister off of Jeremy Swayman's ear and in the net. To off give of who? Jeremy Swayman. You, you, don't, you haven't heard of this guy? He's played like a handful of games for the Bruins this year. Actually? Yes, and he's been quite good. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I live in Canada. If it's outside of the North Division, uh, it is irrelevant to me. Yeah, I, I, you know what, like, I'll be honest, I haven't watched a ton of uh, of games outside of the North Division in a while, just because, like, I don't know, I, I lost steam, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's rough enough on my girlfriend for me to be watching uh, every Leafs game when they're playing four times a week, so, you know, it's, it's tough to um, spend some quality time together if I'm spending every waking moment when we're home from work watching hockey, so... Uh, but yeah, the friggin' Capitals just waited until the final two seconds to fire the winner in off of Jeremy Swayman's ear. And uh, yeah, it saved, uh, it's certain, I, I, I was following along with Dom from The Athletic on, uh, on Twitter and he was very much like, if the Capitals lose tonight, you'll find me at the bottom of Lake Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> And now, uh, I, I can like moving a decimal point, one or two spots over, like I assume he probably is for these, uh, yeah. these bets. Um, I could absolutely see why, because it, that was a significant bet to put like 10% of your bankroll down on a single game is not, not something you typically do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what the math told us to do last night. So we did it and then it managed to work out. Um, I, I, I suppose that's why you bet on sports, right? It's you uh, just gets you more invested in games that you wouldn't have been paying attention to otherwise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall doing pretty good this month. Yeah. Like hey, I think you doubled I, your earnings. Yeah. I've only lost money three days this month. Every other day I've been winning. Hey, that's good. Yeah. That's actually really solid. It is very solid. Uh, tonight, Wednesday, as we're recording, I've got Edmonton over Montreal. Um, I probably should have doubled down on that one, but um, I got busy at work for a couple hours and wasn't able to uh, get any more money in while the line was looking good because uh, Montreal is uh, doing what Boston did last night and they're just resting yeah. a bunch of players. Uh, it took San Jose over Vegas. Vegas is kind of banged up and they've like, they've got a little bit to play for, but, but uh, they have number one locked up pretty good. Uh, yeah. Like it's Colorado's got two games left. So, and this is Vegas's last game. So if it, Vegas really needs to win in order to solidify first place, they don't want to play against Minnesota in the first round. So they, they really should be trying to win tonight, but um yeah, we'll see how that goes. And then uh, I picked up Toronto over Ottawa. Um, That's not... Mm, mm. I know, I don't feel super good about it. Like, the, the Leafs don't have a ton to play for. They've already locked up first place. They know who they're playing. Um, and Freddie this, Anderson is playing his Freddie first game Anderson in a month. Playing. Yeah, you know what? I couldn't find a prop bet anywhere um, on Frederick Anderson allowing the uh, allowing a goal on the first shot of the game. Because <laughs> uh, if I had found that, I would have put my entire bankroll down on it. 
Um, and you probably would have nailed it. I would have, because you know what? He had uh, a game and a half of uh, conditioning stint in the AHL. Both games led in the first shot of the, uh, of the game. A game and a half. Did he get pulled in the game? Uh, no, well, he, he, the plan was for him to only play half of the first game. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think he let in like seven or nine goals in those uh, six or seven periods. So, or five periods, four yeah. and a half. And just for context, um, Jonathan Bernier and Jonas Gustafsson were both sent down for uh, um, conditioning stints when they were coming back from injury in Leafs history, and they were unbeatable in the AHL. Yeah. Uh, So we'll see how long Freddie lasts tonight. (laughs) He's going against Gus, Philly franchise, the Gus bus. So uh, I've got that, and... I was going to put some money on Minnesota over St. Louis. I, I honestly, I haven't checked who the, what, um, who's playing in net. I need St. Louis's backup playing in order to put anything down on them. And I, I don't really know how likely that is at this point. Um, but yeah, the, you know, just kind of quickly going over the teams that are doing well for me. Um, actually, you know what my best bet of the month has been? What's that? Um, apart from the Capitals last night. It was uh, riding McDavid's um, quest for 100 points. Yeah, hasn't he gotten like either three or more points in like nine of his last 10 games or something stupid like that? I think it was he scored 31 points in his last 11 games. That's stupid. And one of those games was against Calgary and he got zero points in that one. So he got 31 points over Mm. 11 games, but he actually scored them in 10 of them. That's dumb. Yeah, it's nuts. It's, it's insane that he was able to do that. He is um, on pace to have the best season of any player in NHL history not named Gretzky or Lemieux. Yeah. And I will give kudos to you. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, like you said, talking about our preseason predictions, you didn't come right out and say it. You hedged a little bit. You said that McDavid would flirt with 100 points. Um, but uh, you know what? I'll, I'll give you the points for it because um, – it didn't was, seem very likely at the start of the year. Like, you know. Well, yeah, you're I, asking a player I, to play at a two-point-per-game pace. Yeah, for an like entire the, season. Yeah, like when's the last time we've seen that? Steve Eiserman back in uh, mid-'90s when he got like his um, 150-some point season? Yeah, I don't even know. I don't know but, when the last time it would have been. Like even – like he is what, 102 points McDavid does? Uh, at the time of this recording, I believe it's 102. I think like, so, yeah. That guy is... Okay. Can I say McDavid at what, 24 is better than Crosby was at 24? Can I say that? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I don't I don't have an issue with it. I, I wouldn't push back on it. Um, the, the tough thing about Crosby at 24, like, that would have been right around the time when he was missing a whole bunch of games because of his concussion and neck problems he missed like a season and a half right right in his prime i forget how young he was when he won his first cup because he won his first cup in 2008 that was he would have been 22 22 23 would he even been 22 he was he turned 19 at the end of the 06 season yeah end of 07 he would be 20 he was 21 when he's won his first cup yeah like he Crosby was three years my junior when he won his first cup. Fuck that guy. <laughs> but like I'm just just to get back to McDavid here. Like he has 102 points 
in, I believe, 55 games. Let me just double check. 54 games, sorry. Leon Dreisaitl, who is the next highest scoring player on his team, as well as the league, has 81. Nine, yeah, he's got 21 points ahead of him. He's 21 points ahead of the next guy. And then the guy underneath Dreisaitl is Brad Marchand with 69. Nice. Nice. So that is, what's that? 33. McDavid has 33 in the entire league. McDavid has more assists than Mitch Marner has points. McDavid has as many assists as Brad Marchand has points. Mm -hmm. Guy's an animal. He's first in the league in assists by 18. He's only, he's second in the league in goals. And he's just a goddamn mutant. And I'm really glad that I don't have to play him in the playoffs. <laughs> sure. Yeah. If, if you want to uh, put a. Um... Yeah. It's... <laughs> Sorry. I, the words, I'm, eh? I'm trying to, I'm trying to put like, I'm trying to do three things at once here. And that's two more things than I can do at a time. Um, yeah, sure. Like if you want to sugarcoat the senators missing the playoffs, by saying, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to play McDavid <laughs> in games that matter. Sure, man, go for it. Hey, if it wasn't for our shitty goaltending in the first 15 games, we would be in a playoff spot. Yeah, you know, you're right. If it weren't for all of the games the Leafs lost, they would have been undefeated this year too. Like, Okay, no, that's, that's <laughs> different. That's different. A, a few bad games is different from getting non-NHL goaltending for a quarter of your season. Yeah, I, I don't know if that was entirely on the goalies. Like, I think that was like 60% of it. I think uh, all of those shit veteran players Veterans. that your insane GM picked up over the offseason were uh, also had a pretty significant uh, impact on all those games that you lost to start yeah. things off. Ottawa's been the fifth best team in the entire NHL after the trade deadline. They're nine, three, and one. Absolutely ridiculous. But so let's get into a little bit of the weekly review here before we get too deep in these preseason predictions. We do want to get into those, but we'll just uh, we'll do that after because I quickly for Ottawa, I want to talk about the Stutzel, Pinto, and Connor Brown line. Um. This line has officially become Ottawa's number two line behind Batherson, Norris, and Kachuk. And they have been surprisingly effective. And I say surprisingly because you think of guys like Brown and Pinto, they're more so going to be known for their two-way style rather than their offense. But Connor Brown is leading the team in goals, and he, I believe, is second on the team in points only behind Brady Kachuk. On Saturday, Saturday night's win against Winnipeg, Stutzel got his first career hat trick, his first of many, I would think. Connor Brown got three points, and Pinto got a couple assists as well. As No, I believe, and in Montreal on last Wednesday, Pinto got his first career goal. I can't leave that out because that's a big milestone for him, obviously. But this line has been really really proven themselves these last couple of games and i look forward to seeing them tonight and it kind of seems like this is the the secondary line that will be seen in training camp even next year they're they've just been so dominant and effective in the few games that they have played together 
And I think the real test will be against the Leafs. Uh, Jordan, do you know if the Leafs are scratching anyone as like a rest precaution for the game tonight? I don't believe so. Um, I'll just... Like, uh, obviously, I'll, they're I'll starting Freddie to get him into a game before maybe having to use him in the playoffs. Yeah, sure. And, you know, like, I don't really know how, how much good, like, six or seven minutes of uh, NHL game time is going to do with is going to do him ahead of the playoffs. Uh, Cause like we said earlier, uh, he's probably letting in the first goal of the game. And I think there's a half decent chance that he lets in like three of the first five shots. <laughs> yeah. You have no faith in him anymore. Do you? Uh, no, because all of the evidence from the past has uh, told me to have no faith in him. <laughs> all these clear reasons of why yeah. I should not have faith. Yeah, proven. like I, I've got a like a stack of receipts here for like here's why we shouldn't trust Freddie Anderson anymore, and yeah, it's and, he, uh, and here's why Jack Campbell's the starting goalie, and yeah, you know what? Jack They're Campbell's absolutely the, the starting goalie. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely fine with Freddie going into the playoffs as the backup. Um, by the sounds of it, he might get at least one game in the first round just because uh, of the NHL's boneheaded decision to. Um, start three of the divisions playoffs on Saturday, I think. And then the North division has to wait until Wednesday. So there's both North division series are going to have a back-to-back scenario in the first round. That's so, brutal. Yeah. Just absolutely brutal. Like I don't get why we have to wait until Calgary and Vancouver play a handful of games that don't fucking matter in order for the Leafs and uh, you know, the other three teams in the division that don't matter either to uh, play their um, <laughs> to play their uh, playoff series games. Like, I, I don't know why we have to wait around for that to happen. I was going to say, I, I, I think mathematically, it, it's not going to change anything. No, it, it's just for um, uh, like draft, draft seating. And like, you know, I think people in Calgary and Vancouver are still going to watch those games, even if the playoffs are going on. Like, yeah, I don't get it. I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's frustrating because it seems to be putting like my team at a competitive disadvantage, right? When it comes to the third round of the playoffs, whoever's coming out of the North division may have to have had like two back-to-backs in their first two rounds or more if the series go longer. For a league that's all about parity and no competitive advantages, like they they shoot themselves in the foot and the mouth a lot. Yeah, th- this is the league that supposedly told Robin Leonard a couple months ago that um, they they couldn't lift restrictions on teams that had mostly been vaccinated because it would give them a competitive advantage over other teams. But yet, like here we are, the North Division is going to start their playoffs five days or something after the rest of the league. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, what was I looking up? I don't remember. I don't remember what you were looking up. I, I don't read your mind. Yeah, I no. just I was just I, asking. But, but I said I was going to look it up, and now I now I'm not going say, to. I asked you if the Leafs were were healthy scratching anyone, and then we that's got what I was looking up. Yeah, that's what. And I was then we got up. into the discussion of um, the league, the league being trash. But here, while you're doing that, I will stall for time by just gushing over Philly franchise. Philip Gustafson. Oh my God. I thought genuinely in the off season that this guy was going to be a non-option. I thought Joey Decord had passed him. I thought that all of our younger guys, our Kevin Mandelies, our Mad Sogard, I thought they were going to pass him on the death chart. And I was like, this guy did not, is not going to work out. He's awful. He's bad. 
And he just went, you know what? Fuck you. I'm great. And he, in my opinion, is Ottawa's best goalie right now. Like Matt Murray, we can't really know just because of his injury troubles, which I don't like it when someone has a history of injuries like Matt Murray does. He never plays more than like 45 games a year, not because he's bad, but because he's hurt. That's very concerning to me. It's kind of like a, uh, a Logan Brown scenario in that he just, it's not that he's bad. It's just that he's always hurt and can't play, which by the way, quick sidebar, Logan Brown is playing in his one and only game this year tonight. Cool. Ooh, Logan Brown is playing tonight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chris Tierney and Ryan Dezingle are scratched and it looks like both of them are gone. Yes. Like Chris Tierney has fallen out of favor and, um, it looks like they're just going to let Ryan Dezingle walk to free agency because since the trade deadline, he has been like Alex Formanton is basically a better Ryan Dezingle. Yeah. So they're just going to let him walk. But anyway, just give, just to finish up on Gustafson, like, if we have to, we can only protect one of Forsberg, Hogberg, Murray, Decord, and Gustafson. In my mind, there is no other option than Philip Gustafson. He is the guy you hold on to. He is the youngest out of that bunch. He has performed the best, and he is the one with the highest ceiling. I was not saying that in the offseason. I was not saying that last year. I'm saying it now because he has proven that he is Ottawa's future starting goalie. And with yeah. that said, Joey Decord will be Seattle's pick. You think Joey Decord is going to be picked in the expansion draft? Yes. Yeah, like I, I don't know who else from Ottawa is eligible for it, um, but like just imagining um, like it, it's got to be a bunch of the veterans, right? And like uh, Chris Tierney, if they expose him, will be – he has another year left, but his salary is higher than his cap hit for that year. So I don't know if Seattle will want to pay that. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Um, Zaitsev. Yeah, they're not taking Zaitsev. Like, no, Ottawa would have to throw in a sweetener. So yeah, I, like we're yeah, it, it, it's tough. Unless like, we make a deal, we're losing a goalie. And if I had to put money on which goalie, it would be Decord because he's younger than the other guys other than Gustafson. And I think the has, I think the has potential to be a James Reimer, a fringe starter, like a, a tandem goalie. Yeah. Cause he's quite a bit older than the other guys, right? Well, he's 25. Yeah. He's at that age where it's like, you could still improve a bit and goalies are always voodoo. We know that um, he's a very, um, I guess structural goalie. He has very good technique, um, but it's just like I don't know. He just needs more experience for anyone to get a a, a good enough gauge on him. Yeah. And I think just with our crowded crease the way it is, Hogberg's probably gone at the end of the year. We re-signed Forsberg. Like our our trio next year is going to be Murray, Forsberg, and Gustafson. Yeah, unless we make a deal with Vegas. Or not Vegas, sorry, Seattle. <laughs> and that that's really all I wanted to say. Gustafson is starting tonight. You want to hear something absolutely ridiculous about Philip Gustafson? Have you seen his stats from this year? No. I, I I'll I'll be honest with you. I'm not really checking in on the um 
stats of the Senators' uh, third string goalie all that much. So he's only played in eight games. Also, fuck you. Um, <laughs> in, in those eight games, he has four wins, one regulation loss, two overtime losses, a 2.04 goals against average, and a 9.37 save percentage. Yeah, pretty good. And you know what? He is – how old is he? He is 22. Shit, yeah. Yeah, you, you can't lose him. So, yeah, I, I think you're right that they'll have to protect him. But you know what? That's a discussion for another time too because we've got uh, some other stuff we wanted to talk about. Uh, I can confirm that the Leafs are basically icing like their typical roster. They're trying to win? Yeah, it, it seems uh, like – I there's not a whole lot that they could have done really because they are so pressed up against the salary cap. Like um, Rasmus Sandin isn't playing tonight because he has to be on the taxi squad so that his cap hit doesn't count towards the, uh, the salary cap. So they've oh, got so Ben Hutton there. cap shenanigans? Well, it's, it's just the, like, it's uh, certainly not on the level of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights playing with 15 skaters the other night. Did you see that? I didn't even hear about that. What is that story? Yeah, Vegas played Colorado with uh, 10 forwards and five defensemen for cap reasons. And they've they've played with a short like with a uh, a short roster. Um, I think it was 10 times this season in order to um, meet the Jesus. salary cap. Yeah. I didn't I honestly did not know you could do that. I thought you had to dress 18 skaters. I I honestly thought you had to dress 18 skaters and two goalies. Yeah, I have no idea. So, like, I didn't realize that they had done it that many times. I kept seeing it happening, and I was like, oh, okay, there's Vegas again. Like, shit. Does that mean theoretically um, that you could just have, like, a superstar team but only dress, like, 10 players? Sure, yeah. You do that 80 times in a season and see how long those guys last. (laughs) I Theoretically. Theoretically, I suppose, like... Just trade maybe everyone is, at the deadline and collect all the stars. Yeah, maybe there is a minimum amount of uh, guys you need to dress at a time, but uh, yeah, not a hundred percent sure about it. But yeah, the, I mean, Ve- I don't, Vegas I don't played with fifteen skaters the other night. Oh, Vegas! <laughs> they're um, fun. <sighs> say what you want about Vegas; they're fun, and I appreciate the the effort they make to be the out of the box thinkers of the league. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to recap the Leafs over the last week, like locked up first in the division. That's good. And pretty comfortably locked it up too. like, it's, I think we're like six points or something up on uh, Edmonton. Something like that. Like you are firmly in, you are exactly six points with the same amount of games played. Fuck. (laughs) What? Edmonton just beat Montreal. Oh no, that's good for me. Okay. There we go. That's good. Today? So there, there we go. Already I'm, a game on? I, yeah, it, it's over. It started at five. Oh, oh, right. Because it's not Ottawa, I, I got confused. Yeah. So, yeah, I told you. How many points did McDavid get? I wasn't one. able. Yeah, I wasn't able to bet that one today. Unfortunately. Two. He got two points. Oh, he got, he got two, two. So, I would have won it again. Jeez. Leon Dreisaitl got a, a couple of points as well. Um, but, yeah, with, with the Leafs over last week, like, Honestly, I don't even remember who we've played. Um, it hasn't mattered. It's just been the Leafs are winning. They're looking pretty good. Um, Jack Campbell's been looking good. Like, I'm I, I'm just done with the regular season. Like, I, I don't really care what happens tonight. 
I will say like if the win if the Leafs do win, uh, I will have absolutely nailed my preseason prediction of how the Battle of Ontario series would go. I said it would be uh, the Leafs six two and one, and they currently have the series five two one. So if the Leafs win tonight, I hit the nail on the head. Yeah, so my prediction can't be right. No, yours can't be right. You yeah, said that, I, that it would be the Leafs seven one and one. You know what? I'm going into things. I I was pretty happy with that prediction. And if Ottawa plays better than I thought they did, I'm fine with being wrong here. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So since I I mentioned our preseason predictions again. How about we, uh, like uh, like I said, I don't have a ton to say about the Leafs. I'm done with the regular season, so we'll just move on here. Uh, here, one second. I just want to quickly quadruple back here. I mentioned Timmy's uh, Tim Stutzel's first career hat trick, but I did not mention the celebration that his neighbors gave him. Did you oh, see yeah. it? I did. That was very cool. Yeah. Yes. So that is just, for those who haven't seen it, I mean, if you're a Sense fan listening to a Sense podcast, I assume you have seen this video but it's just hey we're not um, just a sans podcast we also talk about the leafs yeah but we're, we're not talking we about also talk about good teams like geez. we also talk about colorado and carolina sometimes yeah actually that's um, one thing that i wanted to ask you at the end of the podcast but we'll save that just remind <laughs> me to ask you about it <laughs> all right all right sounds good but to just to finish this thought um so stutzel's living in a house with norris and kachuk kachuk is um close with most of the neighbors um kachuk and norris have played street hockey with all the neighbors kids um so they're all rather close and when stutzel scored his first career hat trick in winnipeg obviously there are no fans in the stands to throw their hats out on the ice like is tradition so kachuk uh got a got a text from his neighbor saying that the kids wanted wanted to do a bit of a celebration for Stutzel's first career hat trick. So Brady was in contact with them, trying to organize it and set up a time for when they can do this thing. And Brady thought it was just going to be like the neighbor's kids chucking a couple hats over the fence to say like, Hey, good job, Timmy. And it ended up being like, I think it was, they said there was over like 10 or 12 kids there. And each one of them had to bring at least four hats. Like some of them were throwing freaking construction hats over the the fence like they I were did just see that what one kid was struggling to throw like a hard hat over the fence it was great yeah he tried to throw it over it hit the top it came down hit himself in the top of the head and then he threw it over yeah. one kid almost lost his signed connor brown hat because he threw it over the fence and then over another fence so it was in a neighbor a, a different neighbor's yard but everybody got their hats back at the end the neighbors came and cleaned up the yard and everything but it's just like for such a crappy season and for the Sens finishing on such a high note that they are and seeing the, the passion, even in the young fans, as well as just the impact that these young players are having on these young fans. Like this is the next generation of Sens fans just being solidified. Right. And it's just, it's great to see. It's great for the, the fan base. It's awesome for these young players. And it's just a testament to, these sense fans. There are not a lot of us, but we are passionate and we are very supportive. The ones that are here. Yeah. And it, it's, it's pretty cool to see those, uh, those young guys on the team already get making those connections with the community too, because uh, for a lot of oh, younger Brady's players. The best. Yeah. And, and apparently he's got like a, uh, a group chat going with all of his neighbors too. So that's how yeah. they, they kind of coordinated it. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah, like Brady Kachuk, like the captain of captains. He is the best. He's going to make so much money this offseason. I, I, yeah, I, another discussion for another time then. All right. So finally, our last attempt to circle back here. <laughs> yes, I'm done. Um, so if you didn't listen to our um, preseason prediction episode, I believe it was uh, the, it's titled uh, Back in the Barn. Yeah, uh, when you added the clip of Jason Spezza. Yeah, great clip, yeah. Fantastic clip, <laughs> such an awesome guy. That voice, all we needed was the laugh at the end of it. <laughs> Actually, no, that's the <laughs> Seth Rogen shit. That's the Seth Rogen. I can't, I, I don't know if I can do a uh, yeah. Jason Spezza laugh. But I, um, I'm not even gonna attempt it. I'm terrible at impressions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in that episode to, uh, kind of, uh, preview the season, we did overrated, underrated, le- favorite, least favorite and best worst acquisitions for the Sens and Leafs over the off season. And then we also made our predictions for the, uh, how the North division playoff picture would shake up. Um, we got some things more right than other things. <laughs> so, uh, let, let's take a look back on our, um, overrated picks for the off-season transactions and see how uh the season turned out and how we um how our opinions look in hindsight here so you go first keegan all right your, so, your overrated acquisition was uh matt murray i think i don't want to say i nailed it oh you absolutely nailed it i i know <laughs> i know that i did but i didn't want to be the one to say it um his inconsistency at the beginning of the year was frustrating to say the least. Um, and then he got injured. And when he came back from injury, he was doing very, very well when he came back from injury. Like I won't discredit him, but it's just, that's the, that's the story of Matt Murray. Like he's, he's, you don't know what you're going to get when he plays and half the season he's injured anyway. And if he's just, not bad, he's injured. So exactly. <laughs> So you know what? I'm I I think I got it. Um hopefully he can figure his shit out for next year because we're paying him a a lot of money to be um healthy. And I just I want him to at least be healthy and trying. Yeah. Not not to say he doesn't try when he's injured, but it's just I want him to be in the net and trying. Yeah. Um and for you. I think this one's interesting because I think you were wrong. You said Wayne Simmons was an overrated acquisition. Yeah. Well, my, my justification for it was like, he got more than twice as much money as Joe Thornton did. And he got a no movement clause. Um, so it, it was just kind of that, that's a lot of stuff to give a guy that you kind of already knew was going to be slotted into like, the third line at best and the fourth line or just the bottom six in general. Sorry, I'm distracted because I thought Keegan was choking on an ice cube on mute there for a second. I was. Yeah, I, I was worried I had to drive 40 minutes to go and try to give you a, a Heimlich maneuver there. And melted. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you're you're surviving now? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, like my justification for Wayne Simmons was just that even though it was like a million and a half dollars on a one-year deal, like that, that's a lot of money for a guy that's automatically going into your bottom six and probably isn't going to give you a ton of offense because he hasn't given anybody a ton of offense the past year. And you know what? I, 
and, and also it was kind of just a reaction to how much hype there was about him joining the Leafs. And there was. Uh, there was uh, a uh, lot. There was. And I, I'll say, like, I have never been upset about him being on the Leafs for a single second. I think even in that episode, I said, like, I don't, it's not that I don't like this deal. I just don't think that he's going to provide the kind of impact that a lot of people are expecting him to. Um, he did have a pretty significant impact to start the season off. He scored like five of his seven goals in the first couple weeks of the season, and then he got injured. And he, he just hasn't been as effective since he's come back from the injury. So I, you know, I don't think I'm necessarily wrong or right. Um, he's just kind of as advertised. Yeah, it, it's still Maybe like a lot of, less. it's still a lot of money, but you know what? It didn't really impact anything. It's not like we weren't able to make any moves because of it. Um, money doesn't matter when you're rich and he's on LTIR. Yeah, that's right. And that he was for like a, a quarter of the season or something. He's play, He's got seven goals in 36 games. Um, and I said that I, I would be surprised if he had reached double digits. If he had played the, the other 20 games of the season. He probably would have. You know, yeah, he probably could have scored another three goals, um, but it didn't He's happen. He's doing really so would, well on the power play for a little while too. Yeah, but then the power play stopped being good, and then he wasn't good anymore. <laughs> well, he was hurt for most of the season, yeah. so maybe that's why the power play wasn't good. No, it absolutely is not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, my my overrated move of the Leafs offseason was Wayne Simmons. My underrated move <laughs> is almost one. almost immediately after uh, saying it was was just absolutely nullified yeah. but i think i was vindicated later on in the season um i i said aaron dell was an underrated move just because i liked that the leafs had nhl experience at their third string goalie not a ton of other teams had that in the league and i i just liked the fact that there was another body between the leafs net and michael hutchinson and kyle dubas felt the same way because at the trade deadline, he went out and acquired Dave Riddich. So, like, I, I, I think that, that that move, like, even though the Leafs lost Aaron Dell immediately on waivers, like, that, I think that also that kind of go, that, that goes to show, like, the kind of value that NHL experience at the goaltending position had this season, right? Just the fact that yeah. all of the goalies that went on waivers got claimed every single time. Yeah, yeah. Um... Anton Forsberg got claimed what three different times? He's yeah, been on he, three he or was four, with like teams four or five teams this year. Yeah, it was crazy. And I mean, I I think that one is pretty understandable. Like, um, because he did kind of fly under the radar, and he was talking about how he was coming to Toronto to be the backup. He was trying to take. Yeah, he was. He was trying to take Jack Campbell's job, which is hilarious. Like that, were you know four months separated from Aaron Dell coming in being like, I want to be the backup. I'm going to challenge Jack Campbell. And it's like, Oh geez. Yeah. Like Frederick Anderson's not even challenging Jack Campbell. Now. <laughs> like shit. Even Dave Riddick is working a little yeah, Dave, Dave, if Dave Riddick sees the ice in the playoffs, something has gone terribly wrong. Like the Leafs have one goalie right now, but we also have three goalies. Like I, I, I don't want Frederick Anderson starting a game. I don't want Dave Riddick starting a game. But you know what? If Jack Campbell goes down injured and those guys are the next ones up, I'm feeling a lot better about it than a year ago or like a year and a half ago when it was. If Freddie goes down, like you're fucked. It's, it's Michael Hutchinson or it's uh, Kyle Dubas putting the pads on. <laughs> it's Garrett Sparks. Yeah. 
Yeah, we need gonna... to we need to trade for Artem Anisimov and get the Artie party in net. Yeah. Um, so I, I just just the uh, underrated aspect of the Leafs offseason was seeking out some third string goalie depth. Yeah. Your yeah. underrated move of the Sens offseason was also pretty uh, funny in a similar sense, though, Keeks. Who who did you say was underrated? So I said Alex Galchenyuk was an underrated move. Uh, sorry, I... you, excuse you. You mean Leafs superstar Alex Galchenyuk? You shut your mouth. <laughs> you just hush up. Yeah, I mean, it didn't work out in Ottawa. I don't think. DJ really gave him much of an opportunity. Not to say that he didn't give him any. I just think there was something about about Galchenyuk's game that DJ Smith just didn't like, and so he just didn't play him. We got Ryan Dezingle back, which was like uh, for the trade from Galchenyuk and and oh, what was his Cedric name? Paquette. Yeah, Paquette to uh, the Hurricanes for Dezingle, and Dezingle was great for. 10 games and he's kind of done nothing since then. But. Yeah. I, I remember that being so excited being like, Oh wow. Like can't believe that Ryan DeSingle can only play for the Ottawa senators. Like good for him. He's got to stick around. And now like when you had mentioned him earlier tonight, I was like, Oh shit. I forgot about Ryan DeSingle. Forgot yeah. he existed, let alone that he's on the senators for the second time. Uh, you know, you know who else forgot that? Um, most sense fans, because <laughs> like I said, Alex Formanton is just, better Ryan Dezingle. He is faster. He has better offensive abilities and he can be used on the PK. But anyway, yeah, Galchenyuk, that was a rough one. It's just, was it an... But but let's be fair. If Galchenyuk got the results that he's... uh, if, If Galchenyuk played for Ottawa and got the results for Ottawa that he has gotten for Toronto you would have been absolutely right about this. I think if Alex Galchenyuk got the minutes that were given to Dadanov, Galchenyuk would have stayed. Yeah. And that's the best way I can put that. Uh, and we'll circle back to Dadanov later on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we um, will. Is that all you had on Galchenyuk? Yeah. No, I'm okay. glad he's doing well. I just, I don't like that he's doing well in Toronto. Your least favorite move of the Ottawa Senators offseason. I was completely justified and I was right. Yes, yeah, like you were right the entire time. Uh, yeah. The, like everyone else. Yeah. That was not a controversial pick. That no, was just not a, even remotely. That was a unanimous decision that acquiring Erica Branson was a bad decision. And I mean, with the emergence of Artem Zub which holy crap Zub should be under everything positive for all of this right now, because that guy is a top four defenseman in this league. He is fantastic. Well, top four defenseman on a team in this league. Now, not he's one, a top not four one def- of the four best defensemen in the entire league. Yes. I, okay. I see where my wording may have been a little misleading there. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Alex yeah, Galchenyuk um, is a top 12 forward in this league. Mm. <laughs> yeah see yeah, that's how it sounded yeah but yeah sorry good uh, um good, good branson i said the entire year get this guy the fuck off my hockey team he's gone he's in nashville i wish him nothing but the best i'm glad you're not on my team anymore zub is better bernard docker is better zaitsev is better good lord just good lord he's gone 
Thank you. All yeah. right. That's it. That's my rant. Uh, good. Branson's not, he'll be coming back later too. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but you, well, let's but yeah, go back to the spe- speaking of guys that aren't on our teams. Um, my this least, one's funny. Yeah. My least favorite move of the off season was that the Leafs didn't sign Miko Koivu. Retired player Miku Koivu. Yeah, he retired like early on in the season too. Like 10 games in or something. Yeah. But you know what? Like he gave it a shot. He he gave it a shot. And I, I guess like his heart wasn't in it now that he wasn't in Minnesota anymore. But that being said, like the Blue Jackets have been a dumpster fire all season. Um it kind of sounds like John Tortorella didn't want to be there to start the season, let alone be there the entire time so apparently we, players asked him and the organization to bring him back yes i heard that too i've got to imagine it was some guys like uh like nick felino and boone jenner and some, like the leadership group of the team um, no one else would have this way yeah exactly it it you know if it, it had to have been yeah seth jones zach Wierenski, boone jenner um nick felino that were going and saying like we want john tortorella back it you know what? I, I, I bet I would be willing to bet my entire bankroll on um, Pierre Luc Dubois not being a part of that group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just just overall, it seemed like it was just an absolute shit year in Columbus for literally everybody. So maybe if Miko Koivu signed in Toronto for a one-year, one million dollar deal, um, it would have gone a little bit better for him. The Leafs penalty kill could have been a lot better. And you know what? We wouldn't have had to have trade for um, Riley Nash. Isn't he still hurt? Is Nash still hurt? Uh, he's he's practicing with the team again. He might still be on LTIR or long-term injured reserve, whatever, but... Um, Not game ready, but skating? Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, like, I think we kind of got a semi, like a poor man's Miko Koivu anyway, who costs more. <laughs> But um, yeah, like that, he, he would have just been an upgrade on literally every single one of our other forwards defensively. That's why I wanted him. Emphasis on defensively. Yeah, defensively. But he, he's still able to score too, or was, because he doesn't play hockey anymore. Yeah, wish him the best. <laughs> All um, right. My, fa- favorite move. You mine's a bit of a cop-out. My, yeah, my, you, my favorite move was the drafting and signing of Tim Stutzel. Yeah. Because like, duh. <laughs> like he he brought a lot of uh, good vibes to the team this year for sure. Jimmy Stu, that's easily one of the best first career goals in NHL history. Do you remember it? Yeah, that it was, was the, uh, the like dropped out of the rafters right onto his stick, and he one time did like out of the at, air, it, out of the air on the ice. The yeah. Ice. yeah pretty crazy like like, and again most recently getting being the youngest player in franchise history for the Sens to get a hat trick oh yeah I I didn't realize that but that yeah that absolutely has to be true he was just he's the youngest player in the NA playing in the NHL right now Uh, wow like he is he's so good like I don't need to I don't need to get into this Timmy superstar the stud as some people call him instead of the stud the stud Jimmy Strudel Jimmy Str- no, Jimmy Stru- no, Jimmy Strudel. No, you shut your mouth. You I know, shut your whore then... mouth. <laughs> oh, but right. for you, for let, me, let, um, before I start drooling, uh, my my favorite uh, Leafs move of the offseason was uh, Jumbo Joe. Fair, 
like kind of in the same vein of Simmons, like yeah, the, the expectation from me anyways, wasn't super high. It was just like, yeah, he comes in, he'll bring a different element. Um, he'll be, you know, our old guy without a cup. That'll be the motivating factor for these guys. Uh, but then he also came in, brought a ton of good vibes, uh, brought his gigantic fucking beard and, <laughs> and self uh, yeah and himself and then he also like changed the way he plays because he realized his like offensive abilities aren't quite what they used to be so then he basically turned into like our slower like a, zach hyman well not, not necessarily but like he's our fucking goon out there now took out nick ehlers for a few weeks with a couple oh of good God. cross checks and he's throwing his body around like He's an absolute monster. So it's, it's it's nice that we've got a huge guy on the forecheck, even though even if he is slow, like fuck yeah, just let him go and slam into guys on the forecheck. Do it. Yeah. And be is it impossible. nice to have someone who throws his weight around? Yeah, just every so often. Like the like I've said a few times, the reptilian part of my brain just really wants to see some guys like smash into each other against the boards. Just just knock somebody on their ass. Every so often. Like don't go crazy with it but um yeah jumbo joe favorite move of the offseason i've loved having him be a leaf like that's so cool that joe thornton is a toronto maple leaf that's yeah just nostalgia if you told me like 10 or 15 years ago hey um joe thornton and jason spezza are going to be toronto maple leafs i'd be like oh okay here we go (laughs) (laughs) when's the cup parade let's do it yeah plan the parade let's go now (laughs) Yeah, you, you just didn't. You just had to leave out the Joe will be forty one and Spezza will be thirty seven. <laughs> he doesn't look it. Yeah, Spezza's been doing really well for you guys. But I, actually, yeah, that that could have been another best move that I didn't even think about is bringing re-signing. back Jason Spezza. Yeah, um, that's still still the best best thing. I the best Jason Spezza content from this year is. Nobody pick me off of waivers. I will retire. Yes. If I am not with the Toronto Maple Leafs this season, I will retire. And it's like, yeah. holy shit. Build him his <laughs> statue now. <laughs> Jason Spezza confirmed Stanley Cup winning goal. Yeah. Um, all right. Best Which move. would be fucking daggers for sense fans. Best move of the off season for the Senators. This one's hilarious. <sighs> I had such high hopes. Uh, everybody I- did. Like it, it was praised as soon as it happened unanimously that it was a good move. Yeah. And it just hasn't worked out. I mean, Evgeny Dadnov, the signing three years, five mil for a guy who was a consistent 25 plus goal scorer and one of the best power play goal scorers in the league for him to come to the senators and in 50, 55 games as of today have one power play point and it's an assist that's a rough look that's i didn't even realize it was that bad i like i'm in the process of they going took him off the up. first they took him off the first power play because he wasn't doing anything i honestly like i forgot he was on the team too he has uh 20 points this season he in an 82 game season he's on pace for 20 goals yeah yeah he has 13 yeah like, like he, he's I, quietly I, been producing but I didn't get you, we didn't get you to quietly produce. We got you to put up a power play goal every other game. Yeah, you're right. One power play point, it's an assist. Like he got relegated to the second PP unit 
And even then people are saying, get him off, which I feel bad about because if you watch him on the ice, there are a lot of games where he's invisible. And, but it always seems like he's at least trying. He's just, nothing is happening. You know, like the fact that his best line mates this year that he had the most chemistry with was Nick Paul and Colin White. Like, that's also not the best look for you. Oof. Yeah, all three of those guys. Nick Paul, 20 points. Colin White, 18 points. And uh, Dadnov, 20 points. Ottawa hasn't been bad. We've gotten... We've gotten in a depth scoring. Like, we don't have any top-end offensive talents yet because Stutzel's only 19. Um, but it's just Dadnov got nothing going for him. The chemistry just wasn't there. Maybe something will develop next year. Um, but, yeah, that is – a lot of Sens fans are saying that they hope um, Ottawa makes a deal with Seattle to take Dadnov because at this point they, they say he's just taking a roster spot. And yeah, and you know what? Like, I'm just looking through the Zen's roster, and like his name sticks out to me as just being on an island on his own because he's so much older than all of the other forwards. Yep. Um, At least there's a few Russians there that he can. Yeah, I guess like, that's true. With. Like, all, all of the Russians are on defense, though. Well, there's Artem Anisimov as well. Sure, but he like he doesn't fucking play, right? Sure, but he's there. I guess he's there. Sure, he's. And anytime playing. he's there, for whatever reason, Anisimov and Dadnov, great chemistry together. Yeah, then I don't see why that uh, I don't see why Anisimov's not playing more. Then he's played eighteen games this season, eight points. So he's all he's almost like a point every other game. Yeah, he, Anisimov has been playing well. It's just that we have Norris, Pinto. They want to give Colin White the development that they think he needs, and Holy we had Chris Tierney. How many player? How many skaters do you think have dressed for the Senators in at least one game this season? Isn't it like thirty-one or something? It's thirty-five. Yeah, thirty-five skaters this season. Um, so yeah, your your best move of the Sens offseason was Evgeny Dadnov. Which again, like I shouldn't say that a twenty-five goal scorer getting twenty goals should be like bad. It's just he wasn't what he was advertised as, and. Well, he, he's I just hope... not, he's not noticeable. Like I, I'm just thinking now that tonight in the Sens and Leafs game, I'm going to try to watch out for him and Dezingle because I forgot. Dezingle's not that. playing. Oh, he's not. Okay. He's a healthy scratch tonight. They put in a guy called a uh, Parker Kelly. Yes. It's I did his, see that, that it's his first NHL game. Yeah. Um, but uh, best Leafs move of the off season was the Kapanen trade. What did you guys get for him again? A first rounder and a prospect. Yeah. What we got, um, the Penguins' first round pick was, which was like 13th or 15th, 15th overall. Yeah, like it was crazy high. That was a Amirov, right? Yeah, we got Rodi on Amirov with that. Okay. Um, and we got, oh, we got a Swedish draft pick. And I think he might have won something. The, well, I think he won the MVP of the Swedish playoffs this year. Yes. Like it just okay. happened the other day. Oh, good for. Yeah, because for whatever reason, I thought that the guy you got was uh, Hoaglander from Vancouver. No, but it is something similar to that. Okay, maybe that's why I kept getting him confused. But, I mean, I, I find it kind of funny that it was the Kapanen trade. Um, just because it didn't involve any 
I was about to say it didn't involve any current roster players, which I guess yeah, it's Philip Howlander. Howlander, that's it. And I'm just um, peeking in here to see. I, I might be wrong about him winning the um, the playoff, Was the MVP the S- playoff thing. I, I think it might be a different Leafs prospect that won that. <laughs> Rough. We still have a better prospect pool than you. I, I'm not even mad. Like, do you care about your prospects much when you guys are focusing on the playoffs? Like, do you pay attention to your, uh, like, your junior players that you have drafted or, like, any college players that are in your system? Um, like, do you, do you pay attention to that or do you just focus on the, on the Leafs and the playoffs? Now that the Leafs are good, like I don't pay attention to it all that much apart from uh, Nick Robertson last year, just because he was like ripping the shit out of the he OHL. Was over a goal a game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, w- w- when they're, when they're like really, really high level players like that, then yeah. But the rest of them, like I probably couldn't name five Leafs prospects that aren't like Sandine, Liljegren or Robertson. And how many of them are prospects? They're borderline graduates at this point. Yeah, like the, those, like Sandine is going to be in the top six in the playoffs. Yeah, um, and he is a shoe-in for the team next year. Yes, he will absolutely be in the top six next year. Um, Lilia Grin, he's he close. He needs to and, prove the spot. Yeah, and Robertson is, uh, I think he's penciled in for an NHL job next year or next yeah. season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the Kapanen trade, like, yeah, we moved out Kasperi Kapanen. He's been doing pretty well with Pittsburgh, but um, he wasn't doing that with the Leafs because he wasn't playing on, like, the top two lines here. He was playing on the third line. He's really, really good at skating in a straight line and then firing a wrist shot into the goalie's chest. Mm. Um, so I don't really miss that. But now we've I got yeah. uh, Pierre Engvall and Ilya Mikheyev who are really, really good at skating in a straight line straight and line. failing to get a shot on a breakaway or a two-on-one uh, that's gotta be infuriating <laughs> yeah it was but now it's just whenever i see it happening i'm like oh okay i can go to the bathroom i can look <laughs> at my phone it's fine <laughs> i'm not gonna miss anything unless matthews marner or nylander or Tavares are on the ice leafs hockey is not worth watching that's yeah. when i'm hearing what jordan says <laughs> um the leafs worst move of the offseason i said it was the uh Andre's Janssen trade. Um, I will backpedal a little bit on that. I'm still not super excited about the return we got, but he has been terrible with um, the Devils. I was going to say, I haven't heard a single thing about Andre's Janssen all year. I checked earlier today. I think he has 11 points this season. What? Yes. Didn't he get more points than Kapanen at one point? Yeah, and he like, when like, were there, there the were times where he looked really good with the Leafs. It's just like, yeah, he has five goals and six assists in 50 games. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. Poor guy. Um, um, like, he has one power play point and it's a goal. Yeah, it's, uh, and yeah. For context, Nico, Nico Hischer has played 21 games and he has 11 points. Ryan Murray, the defenseman that I want, that I was interested in the Leafs getting at the trade deadline, 14 points in 48 games. 
as a two-way slash shutdown defenseman. Yeah. That's um, a rough look. Your worst move of the Sens offseason. Uh, acquiring Good Branson, I've already rent and raved, and the Murray contract. Yeah, no, not necessarily the trade, just the contract. The trade, I will stand by. The trade is not bad. We gave up not even our best second-round pick and a C-level prospect for a two-time Stanley Cup winning goalie in his prime. Yeah, and what made it bad was the four years, six and a quarter million or whatever. It hurts so much to think that his cap had started with anything above a four. Like, he is... I Especially think, when you look at all of the free agent, like the unrestricted free agent goalies from the offseason that um, signed for less. Yes. The thing that I meant to look up but forgot to is I'm pretty sure Matt Murray is the highest paid or the highest cap hit goalie in sense history. Oh, geez. Probably. Yeah. Cause Craig Anderson never made more than five mil. Yeah. If that, and he was our goalie for the last fucking 10 years. And I, I have no idea how much Dominic Kasich made the one year he was here or Ray Emery. It, and yeah, Ray Emery couldn't have made a ton. No. So I am like 99% sure Matt Murray is the highest cap hit or highest paid goalie in sense history. Wow. Yeah. At least in terms of the cap era. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a decent chance Patrick Laleem could have gotten more than 6 million at, a, at one point, but it was also the senators in the early 2000s. Yeah. They were one of the best teams in the league. They were one of the best teams in the league, but they were also like constantly going bankrupt. True. <laughs> Um, uh, so I think the, the, I was, I'm just going to leave it as I, I was right. I nailed those. Ones. <laughs> um, you, all that shit. That's it. We already did the aunts and stuff. Yeah. The, uh, so our North division predictions from the start of the season, we predicted where the top or who the top four teams would be and, uh, kind of what the playoff picture would shake out to be. You were close. <laughs> yeah. You were I 50, got 50, 50, 50, 50. Yeah. Hey, I got more teams in the correct spot than you did. I know. I got none in the correct spot, but I got three teams. Yeah. So I, I said that the North division would shake out like this from uh, number one to number four. Toronto in first, Vancouver second, Calgary third, Montreal fourth. I had Edmonton missing the playoffs and Winnipeg too. Which um, Edmonton missing the playoffs kind of made sense because they brought back Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. Yeah, like I, I still stand by like at the start of the season, projecting the Oilers to have the worst goalies in the division. Like it wasn't that big of a stretch to say that. Um, in hindsight, it was the Senators. If you only count their starter and their backup, if you count like goalies three through 12, uh, they had some of the best goaltending. But yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, like Mike Smith decided that he's going to be good Mike Smith for the final time in his career, probably. Um, and then Miko Koskinen sucks. <laughs> that, that's yep. that's There's basically no what's other happened way around for it. Yeah, he let in four goals on four shots in relief the other night. Yeah, and you know what? Picking Calgary to make the playoffs not that ridiculous because uh, there was a whole bunch of NHL pundits that had them winning the division. So. Me having them, uh, you know, two spots above where they ended up, not insane. 
I will eat a bit of shit on Vancouver though, because uh, I think I also said that they had the best defensive group on paper in that uh, preseason prediction episode. And I think their defensive core might've been part of the reason why they fucking sucked this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On paper and on ice are two very different things, yeah. but I got Toronto and Montreal in the exact right spots. Yeah, that's fair. I got three teams correct, but they're all in the wrong spot. I tried to galaxy bring this. I wanted to I wanted to be different from everyone. I had Edmonton at first and Toronto in second, uh, followed by Vancouver at third and Winnipeg at three. So fourth. I fourth, yes, thank you. Um I was not on the Montreal hype train. Uh I think that they are getting in not because of the caliber they are, but rather because of the lackluster play of the three teams below them. Like, I think they are getting into that fourth spot because Calgary imploded, Vancouver has no lungs, and Ottawa is a a bottom five team. Yeah. I think that's the only reason why Montreal got in this year. Montreal, like, apart from two weeks at the start of the season where, where Chris Johnson was calling them a juggernaut, it's like... They've been pretty shitty. <laughs> they they haven't been very good all season. They're not they're not a playoff contending team. No, like they've. I'm just going to uh, quickly look at the. Canadians if Ottawa team can get their coach here, like... fired, they are not a, a a playoff caliber team. They're not at, in a regular normal quote unquote year. I know I know we're not in a normal year, but just bear with me. In a normal year, Montreal at best is a bubble team. Well, yeah, like. Again, last year they they had fewer points than Buffalo last season. They're not good. No, I don't expect them to get out of the first round. Yeah, I don't either. But I am still kind of afraid of them just because they kind of play a style that the Leafs have trouble with. But Leafs yeah, should the, be afraid of everyone because everybody always plays the Leafs super hard. Yeah, because it's the Leafs. Um, but yeah, looking at Montreal, Montreal had a winning record against two North Division teams this season. Can you guess which two teams Montreal Vancouver. won more than they lost against? Vancouver, I, yes. Um, and I think it was – it's either Calgary or Winnipeg. I think – I think it's Calgary. It's Edmonton. What? Really? Cal- Calgary – well, now Calgary is 5-2-2 two, and two against Edmonton this season. And they were 6-0-3 oh, against Vancouver. Well, wait. wait. So Montreal was 5-2-2 and two against Edmonton? Yeah. Okay. You said Calgary at first. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, Montreal is 5-2-2 two and two against Edmonton and 6-0-3 uh, oh, and three against Vancouver. Everybody else, they've either split the series or they have gotten dominated. Like 3-6 and six against Calgary, 4-4-2 four, four and two against Ottawa. Like yeah. o- Ottawa won the se- season series against Montreal. Um, three six and one against Toronto, and three three and three against Winnipeg. Montreal is like, eh. yeah, the, yeah. Le- the Leafs. They're, they're, they're the Leafs should finish off game. Montreal in like five games. Touch wood. Touch wood. Yeah. Um. Man, I just like I. One thing I will say is I was expecting Edmonton to ride Connor McDavid. And the fact that Connor McDavid can have one of the best point-producing years in NHL history and them and Mike Smith have a resurgence in his career, 
and Edmonton still only finished second. That says a lot about their team, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. I, I was looking at them too. And I like Kyle Turris got five points this season. Um, their next, their next highest scoring forward has less than 35 points after McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah. Because their top three scorers are McDavid, Dreisaitl, Tyson Berry, because he makes the breakout passes to those guys. Yeah. And then Darnell and then, Nurse. Oh yeah. And then so there. And then Nugent Hopkins, and then who Nuge. has like thirty-five points. Yeah. I Crazy. think he has like thirty-three. Yeah. Um, it's ridiculous. All right. So some other predictions we had here. You uh, said that McDavid would be flirting with a hundred points, and you I also mean, said that the Senators would finish. Well, you you said that you had a very good feeling about the Senators finishing better than last. Oh, well, you're North. going. You're going all. Ro- you went robot voice for like ten seconds there. Holy you smokes. you were you said. Um, can you still hear me? Or am I all robot now? No, I can hear you. Okay, good. I just got a connection unstable thing there. Um, so you said you got through my prediction saying McDavid would be flirting with other with a hundred points, and then right as you were explaining the next one, you went robot voice. So you just want to go over that again, please? Yeah. So uh, you also pr- you said that you had a very good feeling that the Senators would finish better than last in the North Division, um, which so far, hey, like Vancouver still has five more games against Calgary. Who against Calgary, they- both teams like they don't have anything to play for. Ottawa is currently four points up on uh, Vancouver. Um, ooh, actually, it could it might even be more than that because I haven't uh, updated all of that. Weird. I believe it's four. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's four or five points ahead. Um, and I'm checking it right now. Vancouver we, has five yeah, games four. left. Yeah, we have four points on them. With um, after tonight, it'll be five games in hand. Yeah, so Ottawa's got a pretty good chance to finish uh, above last place, which uh, not a lot of people were giving them the chance to do, but you did. So props to you. I I again, it's just. Before you learn how to win, you need to learn how to lose. And Ottawa's been learning a lot lately these last few seasons. So I just I just had this gut feeling that they were going to, once the kids took over and it was officially their team, they were going to show how dangerous they are. And, I mean, look at them now, right? Like, again, yeah. since, since the trade deadline, Ottawa's a top-five team in the league. Like, yep. how else? Can, they're great. They're fantastic. They're making the playoffs next year. Again, you keep saying that every single episode. We we're going to have to hammer that in the off season. But um, we're running out of time here. We've got to get to the double agent game because the Leafs game has already started. <laughs> you mean the Sens and Leaf game? Uh, the Leafs game. <laughs> Sens and Leafs game. So here we go. The double agent game. Um, you can play along with us by following little at little hockey pod on instagram and twitter whenever we play it's kind of turned into like a the first episode or the second episode of every month we're we're doing this um the way it works is i've got 13 clues here on every single player that has played for both the toronto maple leafs and ottawa senators at some point in their career um this could be former players or current players um i'm gonna give keegan three clues to start off and then he has to bet how many extra clues it's going to take him to uh, identify the player. So are you ready, Geeks? 
as never am. It's been a while. So this will either be good for me or just even more rust. So you know what? Let's just get it over with. All right, here we go. The first three clues that you get, same as always. The player's current age, he is 51 years old. Cool. The team he most recently played for, the Atlanta Thrashers. That is not going to help, but all right. And his career NHL games played 309. Okay, 309. He's 51. So he probably retired around 15 ish years ago. So that puts him at mid to early 2000s retirement. 309 games. Maybe he left for Europe. I don't remember when the Thrashers came in. So, uh, you know what? I know this is just going to go to them anyway. So let's just do all 10. Okay, you're going to say 10 clues is what it takes you? Yeah, if I get it sooner, great. Okay, um, so here you go. Your first clue, his amateur team, the Michigan Tech Huskies of the NCAA. Cool. That The only time this has helped was when it was Colin Greening last time. <laughs> um, okay, next one. Uh, height and weight, 5'11", oh, 195. He oh, is he's... like an inch taller than me, the exact same weight, I hope. <laughs> all right um god damn it i've got nothing atlanta thrashers in probably pre-lockout i've got nothing it's not kovachuk or Keatley. Oh. cool yeah that's right former senator and leaf Ilya kovalchuk <laughs> yeah exactly all right draft all right. position sixth round 112th overall <sighs> fucking um uh, like it's making me think either uh just with the games played either he was only in the league for a hot minute maybe he was a late bloomer or he's a goalie and i saw a comment on the post that said a goalie's name but i don't know enough about that goalie to be confident about it so i will just take the next clue okay he was drafted by the toronto maple leafs that does not help. I will take the next clue. <laughs> the years that he played in the NHL. Here we uh, go. 1990 to 2002. Okay, so 12 years, 300 games. It's a goalie. Now, the I'm, I'm openly admitting to kind of cheating. The goalie's name that was that I saw was Damian Rhodes. So I will say Damian Rhodes. That's correct. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> so um, I'll let you do the shout out for the guy who gave me the answer. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that, yeah, it's not cheating because it was my fault. I told you not to look at your, in, your, at the Instagram notifications, like three hours after I posted that. And uh, our, our Instagram winner today, Mike at sports underscore EDM underscore things, on uh, Instagram, he uh, he correctly identified it on the first three clues, like just just right, nailed it. Yeah, he just nailed it right off the bat. So uh, good job, Mike. Uh, way to go on that one. Um, that's my and, bad. That, that's my bad for not telling you before, telling Keegan beforehand not to look at the Instagram notifications because then he's like, oh, okay, 
guess I know the answer now. <laughs> yeah, because like I, I got a notification for it right around lunchtime at work, and I didn't realize it was for the podcast Instagram and not my own personal one. Oh, yeah. So, so, clicked... so you looked at it and you're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, I'm not passing it off as my own win. It's character development, right? Hey, it's, yeah, it sure fucking is this time. Because you <laughs> revealed to me a few weeks ago that it's like, I have not cheated on like one double yes. agent game. Yes. <laughs> I've uh, cheated I, on almost every single one, you fucking yes. shithead. Yes. There are two I did not cheat on Tom Barrasso, surprisingly, and Colin Greeny. Oh, yeah. Okay. My favorite thing about Tom Barrasso is that he is the all time leading. Um, uh, score like points for goaltenders in the NHL got zero points for both the Leafs and the Senators <laughs> <laughs> that guy just racked up assists well yeah it's because he would make one pass to a defenseman and then that defenseman would throw the puck out to either Lemieux or Yager that's right that's how you get points as a goalie um, or you do the thing that Damien Rhodes did and make a save while the other team has their goalie pulled and then they shoot Take it into it. their own net <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, Damien Rhodes is one of the few goalies in NHL history that has a goal credited to him and he scored it or it, it happened while he was an Ottawa Senator too. So that's kind of cool. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, he might even have more than one goal. Actually. I feel like he's one of the guys that has multiple ones. We'll have um, to fact check that. But uh, that is it for this week. Unless Keegan, do you have anything you wanted to wrap uh, up or no. share or anything? No. No, nope, I said everything I wanted to, and Sens Leaf game is on. We need to get going. Yeah, we got a motor here. Okay, so thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, shout out again to Mike, our double agent winner this week on Instagram. He was, he was if asking want, if he was going to get a shout out. Here it is. Here it is, yeah. Um, if you want to play along for future weeks, make sure you're following the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Little Hockey Pod. You can follow me, Jordan, on Twitter at jsmall1771 and you can follow keegan at lil underscore little 28 uh, please make sure you're following the show on your favorite podcasting app uh, rate and review the show uh, we'll read any five-star reviews from apple podcasts and i'm just going to do that same thing that i do every week where i bring up apple podcasts while we're recording here so i can look and see if there's any new reviews and there never is any new ones but let's just double check here why is it taking so long for me to find our podcast? Um, oh my goodness. I was going to say my, like five things here. And, oh shit. No way. We got a new one. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew there was going to be one. Oh, well, thank you to cheese man. 832 for the five-star review that says these guys are a blast to listen to and are passionate and know their stuff about their teams. Keep on going guys. Ah, oh, thank you so much for the lies cheese man. That's great. <laughs> That is, uh, that's Alex. I uh, okay. Well, thank you, yeah. Alex. We'll give you a shout out too, even though uh, you won nothing. Um, yeah. Thanks for the five-star review. If, uh, if you all like what you're hearing on the show, please be sure to go write a review, leave a rating for us. Uh, it'll help other people find the show. And then uh, maybe Keegan will be um, motivated to buy a microphone like I did. And then he uh, can sound the exact same as he always did, just like I did, but for $40 <laughs> instead of for free. I will be more expensive sounding. Yeah, exactly. Um, so until next time, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you later. See you guys. Sends win 3-2 tonight. No, oh, no way. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah that's a good thing. Uh, what, what do you want to uh, 
you said the Sens win 3-2? Sens win 3-2. Uh, I'm going to say, let's see, did uh, Freddie let in the first shot of the game? Uh, not, oh, he did Aut- not. Okay. Um, unless Ottawa hasn't taken a shot yet, he hasn't. All right, I'll say uh, Leafs 4-1. Eh, not going to happen. No, probably not. But uh, I said it anyways. So we'll catch you later, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Hey friends, it's me, Jordan. I'm back because we forgot to mention that we're starting up an NHL Bracket Challenge League for the playoffs this season. Unfortunately, we were not able to bring you our full playoff preview just because of the way that the league has scheduled the start of the playoffs, and our next episode won't be until uh, the first round is underway for most of the league. Um, But this should be the next best thing. Uh, I've put the link to our league in the show notes, so be sure to join before the playoffs start on Saturday, May 15th. Uh, there aren't any prizes available, but uh, you know, aside from bragging rights and a shout-out on, on an episode this offseason, uh, but please feel free to play along and send the link along to anybody else that you think might be interested in it too. Um, yeah, so that's it. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, make sure you're following the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Little Hockey Pod and uh, wherever you're listening to podcasts. Um, thanks, and uh, until next time, we'll catch you later. What a finish!